Session 6 Helena was the first to arrive tonight, right on 6.20 p.m. Nova had welcomed her to hang her jacket on the hooks near the entry and take a seat. Nova returned to her seat at her desk and looked over some papers as Helena settled in. Nova became aware of herself experiencing attention and turned to see she was sensing something troubling Helena. Nova found Helena quietly dabbing at her eyes with a tissue pulled from the box beside her. She wasn't seeking Nova's gaze. Rather, she sat there waiting for her group. She was disturbed, but not in a disorganized way. The buzzer sounded again close to 6.27 p.m., and Nova let the rest of the group inside the building to ride the lift together to her office. Nova opened the door to see Trixie, Reginald, Tony, Paul, and Dolly, all laughing about having to hold the door for Paul as he called to them in the street as he sprinted to arrive with them all. Paul, really, if I didn't know you, I would think something sinister had just happened. Dolly laughed, putting her jacket on the hook. Paul laughed with everyone acknowledging his fast-footedness. Yeah, Dolly, I know how to turn a quick getaway if ever I need to, he replied, as they all moved to find a seat for group. Nova looked about at everyone, nodding hello. I can feel a lot of energy in the room, Nova shared to begin the session. Welcome, everyone. Nova noticed everyone smiling with each other over the brief and ordinary experience they had just shared. They appeared comfortable in each other's company tonight and hadn't yet noticed Helena's tears. Tony was the first to notice Helena keeping her gaze to the floor and nodded to the group Helena was hurting. As the group looked over at each other, then to Nova, they wondered what might have happened in the room before they had entered. Helena, Nova said gently, are you willing to share what you're experiencing right now? Helena looked up. Oh, sorry, is it my turn? She asked. Nova could see Helena was preoccupied by her own thoughts. We're just beginning, Helena, and we have noticed something is upsetting you right now. Are you open to sharing something that's capturing your attention? Nova asked. Helena nodded. Yes, sorry, I didn't mean to distract anyone. I don't know what is wrong, really. I just felt a flood of emotion over me just before I entered the room. I was okay until I was sitting here alone, and then I just couldn't hold it back, Helena shared. Oh, I feel like I've been holding my breath all week. 
I just really needed to be here tonight. That's all, Helena shared. So, I'm wondering, Helena, have you been able to look in the mirror yet? Trixie asked. Helena looked about at everyone and shook her head no. No, I'm not ready to see ugly old me looking back, Helena said despondently. Ew, that sounds awful, Paul called out as he looked about for confirmation. I agree, Paul. It's a harsh description of someone you've come to care about, Nova stated. Yeah, ugly and old just imply such an awful image for me. I just can't put Helena and that description together. It's making me quite uncomfortable, really. Viscerally uncomfortable, Paul shared, squirming a little in his chair. I see you're having a strong response to Helena's critical self-appraisement. I agree. Helena objectively is neither old or ugly, but she's telling us her experience of herself and why she fears her reflection. These concerns have manifested beyond her internal world, as Helena is possibly thrusting them out beyond herself for another to experience. And now it seems you are experiencing this being actualized inside you physically, and it's making you feel something like disgust to reject the notion. Perhaps this helps Helena turn your gaze away too with this graphic label of herself, Nova shared. And more, perhaps it may force you both to look away in a shared experience, leading you to also feel Helena's reflection is too ugly for you too. Paul's eyes widened. So like what you describe as projected identification? Helena is projecting this concept of herself into me, so I feel kind of disgusted. Like to stop me from seeing her self-reflection too? Paul asked, amazed. Yes, Paul. I think your response could very well be that, as it is not you who holds such a harsh critical stance about Helena. Nova replied. How is everyone else feeling right now? Nova explored. I'm not feeling anything like that, Dolly replied. I just see Helena is upset, and it makes sense. She told us she has a lot of shame, and well, she may have good reason to feel that way. Dolly looked at everyone. I don't mean to be harsh, but I'm more curious about what she has done to be ashamed of, Dolly stated. Hmm. So I'm hearing you sit with wanting facts, Dolly. Sounds very straightforward. You're suggesting if someone says they experience shame, they must have good reason to. I wonder how you might feel if what you discover doesn't quite fit your understanding of a wrongdoing big enough for the weight that is carried, Nova queried. Oh, I hear that all the time, Dolly said with some conviction. Some people blow things up out of all proportion, and others minimize everything they do. I've learned to take everything with a grain of salt. Why do we all have to make things so complicated? There's good and there's bad, right and wrong. We all know it. If you do the wrong thing, own it and don't do it again. Easy, Dolly replied. Nova looked about the group. Helena was now with them as she had managed to contain her emotions and thoughts as she sat amongst others, which she was now willing to share more of herself with. Nova watched Helena take a breath and sit back in her chair as she looked about them all. Helena 
Can you speak more about what is being expressed here with yourself and what Paul and Dolly have described so far? Nova asked. Helena nodded. I kind of jump both ways, I suppose. I tell myself all the time. I make promises to myself not to do this or that, but I just can't keep to it. It's always frustrated my daughters, too. I used to hide my husband's drinking from them when they were little. Then, when they were teenagers, I made excuses. But they could see what was going on. I used to say, Dad is sick with a virus or a flu or something. Anything to stop them asking questions. Then, as they got older and moved out to go to university, they would come home and find him in a state and start challenging him. But I couldn't stand it. I started turning them away from coming home and I started meeting them out. They would ask about Dad and I would tell them he was better or away working or something. I used to lie all the time. Helena looked about the group. They started turning on me, saying I was a liar and that it must have been my fault Dad drank. I don't know what to say. I would see them come over and bring things to him early in the morning, early enough to know he won't be too smashed like his favorite food or even more alcohol if he asked them. He would run stories off the back of lies I told him about him doing better. You know, like I would say he hadn't had a drink in weeks and was now just going to have a few socially. Then they would say I tricked them. They could see how anguished and tortured he was emotionally. He told them about what happened when he was a child, and they felt sorry for him. So do I. I wish all those terrible things didn't happen, but they did. He's a good man, really, but he's lost to the bottle. I should have left a long time ago. I knew he was an alcoholic before we married, but he promised he would stop anyway. I feel bad I put him before the girls in many ways. They always had to wait. He was always my first priority. But I just wanted to smooth things out first so things were normal. But now my daughters see me as the mother who was never there. I abandoned them. And then, when I was exhausted, I started to take time for myself. I needed a break. I had an affair. I almost left my husband then, but I knew my girls wouldn't leave their dad, so I broke it off and stayed. They blame me for that, too. I know it was wrong. I did the wrong thing, Dolly. It ruined my lover's marriage. I'm responsible for a lot of others' pain, and now I am old and ugly. I just can't bear to look. Helena finished as she started to cry. The group showed compassion as they sat with Helena's story. Except Dolly. So you were the other woman, Dolly asked with a frown. Helena nodded. Dolly sat back in her chair, showing her disapproval. Dolly, is that all you heard? Helena was trapped. Haven't you ever been trapped and sought comfort in something or someone you shouldn't have? Trixie asked. I've never had an affair, Dolly answered bluntly. Reginald moved in his seat uncomfortably. I have, he said, looking about at the group's reaction. Actually, I'm still in one, he said, stepping carefully. What? Trixie replied. But you don't seem the type, she added. Reginald 
pulled at his lapel as if to straighten himself before continuing as he cleared his throat of his quaver. Yes, well, I'm afraid it's not that straightforward. I've been trying to break it off for years, and, well, I, I just don't seem to be able to end it. Does your wife know? Paul asked. Yes, Reginald replied. It's complicated. Dolly shook her head. Dolly, I'm wondering what is happening for you right now, as I feel your annoyance bristling. I wonder about your thoughts, too, as what you're hearing may be challenging your good versus bad, right versus wrong position you described earlier, Nova asked. Well, I don't think we should all be sitting around encouraging people to have affairs, Nova. It's not like they aren't hurting people with their carrying on, Dolly called out. Hmm. Well, certainly what we have all heard Helena describe right now is complex rather than simple wants of the flesh. There is desperate loneliness that permeates the story. Regret, wishes and fantasies that all will come right. But unfortunately, the complexities of relationships don't always result in excited, positive and amicable developmental feelings between couples. Unresolved issues often interrupt well-meaning pursuits of love, and for many reasons, one may find themselves in entanglements that are bewildering and painful for all parties, Nova shared. But that's the problem, Nova, Dolly called out. We all have excuses we can turn to to justify our behavior for just about anything we do. When is anybody going to just be satisfied with what they've got? Dolly felt exasperated. Tony felt upset. Well, I've got a foot in each camp. I know what Dolly is saying because of my partner's affair, but I also get I was also making him wait for me, and he felt second fiddle to my career. I think I expected there would be no consequences to my disregard of him whilst I satisfied other parts of my neediness and wanting to matter to something greater than him, Tony shared. It's true his infidelity has caused much more complicated issues for us to work through, but I'm getting an idea the base problem was really what has been amplified by him seeking a connection elsewhere because I disconnected from him over and over again, leaving him with an emptiness, Tony finished. So you could see you had some part in the equation, Nova asked. Yes, I had to acknowledge that, or we couldn't have found our way to stay together, Tony explained. So you're still together, Trixie asked. Tony nodded, yes, but we don't live together anymore, at least not until I get my priorities right. Oh, are they your words or his? Trixie explored further. Tony laughed a little. I suppose they are shared words. Anyway, I'm not here to rescue our relationship. Rather, I want to understand myself and the complexities of us all. I know it will help me to be better able to give myself to others as well as receive others more fully. Tony wiped his eye as he smiled at Trixie. Thanks for asking that, Trixie. Trixie nodded welcomingly. Nova turned to Helena. I'm not feeling the same tension from you as I did earlier, Helena. I wonder if this is right, she asked. Helena nodded. I wonder where this energy has gone, Nova asked. 
I still feel the same, really. I mean, the same as I always feel, but I don't feel so worried about everyone finding out the truth about me. It's awful knowing you're bad and can't do anything about it. I can't change all the awful things I've done, Helena said, looking back down at the floor. But I suppose I'm not feeling as hated for it in here. I don't hate you, Helena, Dolly said, as she looked about at the group. I can hear your life wasn't ideal with your husband and, and the kids. But I have rules I live by, and, well, if I gave them up, nothing would have meaning. I'd be like Paul and start believing nothing matters. Everything is painful. People have pain, and we are all going to die in the end. So what is the point of caring at all? Nova looked about the group, seeing them contemplating Dolly's words. Dolly, I see you have used very contrary examples to explain your stance. You're suggesting rules equal care and meaning versus no rules equal carelessness and pointlessness. This is far more complicated than what time we have left for tonight, but I'm sure we will explore your ideas further in time, Nova said, looking about the group. Thank you, everyone, for your contribution to the group, Nova said then added, Does anyone have anything pressing to add before we end tonight? Reginald cleared his throat. Well, I would just like to say I'm sorry for disappointing you all tonight. It wasn't my intention to deceive any of you by pretending to be a good person, Reginald said apologetically. Nova looked at Reginald, then around at the group. Well, I think in time you may discover none of us are all good or all bad. Good and bad is largely subjective in our work together as we look to expand our understanding of self-other relations. Deeper, richer relationships and greater emotional freedom to live authentically is my aim for the group. I look forward to working with you all next week. Thank you, everyone. Nova smiled and signaled the end of the group. <laughs>